Hello, and welcome to the Alligator Sports Podcast, the independent Alligators podcast for the sports desk. My name is Brant Hernandez, your host, and this week we'll be going into the scores as well as breaking down key games throughout this week in Florida Athletics. So please stay tuned and thank you for listening. The Florida Gators women's basketball team lost Sunday 90-79 against the Louisiana State Tigers, the number five team in the nation. You have lost five straight now and have now dropped three and ten in conference record, the fourth worst in the southeast. Right now with Heather. Heather, welcome aboard. Thank you. I'm, as always, very excited to be here. <laughs> uh, so for this game specifically, it was probably the best game we've seen from this women's basketball team in quite a while for the Gators. Uh, the Gators themselves, they ended up having 79 points. That was the most they had against since Vanderbilt on January the 22nd. But from you being at the game, I mean, what was your takeaways from the Gators? You know, it's a loss, which if you look at the box score, you know, they lost by 11 today, and mm. obviously that's an L column, but I think this is a really, honestly, kind of a win for them. It's good momentum. They played the best basketball I've seen them play all season. The shots were falling. Like you said, it was the highest scoring game they've had in about a month. Right. So, I mean, I think it's just, it's it's good for them going into the very end of regular season, going into SEC, you know, tournament play. Because they just looked more excited. They looked they they've looked they looked better than they have all season. Like I said, things were just connecting. They were playing aggressive. They were they were forcing turnovers. They were contesting for rebounds. So I think if they just take it's weird to call it momentum because mm-hmm. they did again lose and this is I think you said fifth straight yeah. they've dropped. But I do think that just the way they're playing and the pace they're playing and the ag- the aggression with which they're playing is is a good sign. So I think just going into the end of the regular season, it's a good sign for them. It's good momentum. Yeah, and speaking of momentum, though, KK Deans have been building up you know for the later part of the season, actually having a career high today, thirty points of a ten and twenty shooting. And funny enough, the twenty attempts that's about one third of what the Gators shot against LSU. They ended up shooting a sixty three attempts overall. But for Deans' play, I mean, what have we seen from her kind of like pushing this team ahead? She is such a spark for them, mm-hmm. always. She, I mean, she is so dynamic as a player, and she just kind of can control the pace. She can switch the tone of a game like that, because when she's on, it's ridiculous. She went on this tear, I think it was like the third quarter. It was a three ball, it was a, it was a contested and one. Right. It was just a couple easy buckets, and she just went for it and when she goes on those drives the whole team gets excited and the whole arena gets excited and everybody starts playing with just more energy and this is a team that is completely ruled by momentum and energy so when she's on she can she can literally change the game and she did 30 points today so that's I mean that's basically a third of their scoring if not a little bit more and when she wants she's somebody who when she wants to score she can Mm -hmm. and when she just really turns on the jets and starts playing with that energy and momentum that she's really known for, it can completely flip a game on its head. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is a team for the, the UF themselves. I mean, their starting lineup is always going to get more than 30 minutes, always going to get 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you really do want to see, from at least if it, from a, a fan base of the Gators side of the argument, I would probably have to say it like that. Yeah. But you want to see more or less the reserve roles get yeah. into it. I mean, I think Faith Dude in this one was more or less kind of a better piece of that, though. Yeah, I mean, Faith, Dude is somebody who I've watched since I was a freshman. We're the same age. She's a senior. I'm a senior. And Mm -hmm. she's somebody who I've watched just kind of develop into really a role player. She's going to come in. She's going to get you a few points underneath. And she does everything right. Her fundamentals are so on. She's in the right place at the right time. She knows how to handle the basketball. She knows the shots. Even her three-point shot is really great. So I think the Gators really do have a nice deep reserve. You know, 
freshman Micah Perry coming off the bench, getting a lot more minutes, even yeah. if she's going to come and get you a few buckets. I love that they have Lila and Correa coming off the bench, who mm-hmm. prior to her injury, I believe, was the team's leading scorer, and it's been kind of shaky getting back. But no, I mean, from a fan base, and even as somebody who's watching them from this analytical distance and, and knowing the pieces they have, those reserve roles are so key. Because you do have a starting lineup that's talented. I right. mean, Rashea Kyle's become such a reliable scorer in the past month or so. I I mean, she's just really coming to her own, and she's, I mean, she's averaging, she's going to get you like 15 a game every time. Mm-hmm. And so their starting lineup is, is again, super reliable, and, and they have some talent, like some significant talent there. But the reserves are going to come in and make a difference. I mean, even Jariah Warren is going to come off the bench and play really aggressive, good defense, create some turnovers, get a stop, and it's just going to make all the difference. So, yeah, I mean, the bench is somewhere they, they definitely need to dip into, and they have done a pretty good job of just kind of, you know, getting some rotations in, but I, I mm-hmm. do agree. I mean, the bench is going to be super key. Yeah, they do 19 minutes in this one against LSU, 4 and 5 from the floor shooting, 9 points, and 1 and 1 from 3. Yeah. I mean, that's shot behind the yard. I mean, she's... Like I said, she consistently does things right, and she does make a difference. I mean, she's she's not going to go in and be the flashiest. You know, she's she's not going to be Nina Ricards, who's just a pure scorer and make some fancy dribble move and, and, and you know, light up. But she's going to do the right things, mm-hmm. and she's going to get points on the board. She's going to get a couple. I think she had 10 blocks against, wow. I believe it, it might have been Vanderbilt. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a game where she went double-double with blocks, and... When Yeah, she just does things right, and she makes a difference. Yeah, and the Gators so far this season averaging just around 69 to 70 points per game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just, you look at the past few games. We talk about them on a five-game losing streak right now. Mm-hmm. The past few games, they've barely even gotten above 50 points, let alone, they haven't even gotten to 60 mm-hmm. since February the 2nd when they played against Texas A&M. Uh, with only two games left in the season, actually the last home game going against Alabama, um... What does this team look like going to the SEC tournament? You know, that's such an interesting question, and I was thinking about this. The problem with Florida Gators women's basketball is that nobody knows what Florida Gators women's basketball looks like. Mm. They don't have, I believe, a defined offense. They have a lot of weapons and individual players who have their set of skills, who have you know signature moves and things that they're always going to do, but... The problem with this team is that it doesn't quite move as a unit, and I don't know. They've spent the whole season, I think, trying to figure out what kind of team they are. Right now with this LSU, I mean, the way they played today was great. The shots were falling. They, mm-hmm. they, I think what they want when they play, they play best fast. They play great in transition. They play really well when they find each other under the basket or when the momentum's going and you get a big three. And it, like I said, it's a team really, really based in momentum. But the other side of that is that they don't, quite have their signature offense set so going into like sec tournament play in these last few games they're gonna mold to whatever team is they played a pace right that's why they played so well against lsu because they really can i remember i, I actually had to cover the tennessee game and when coach finley was doing the post-game presser she said you know i think this proves that we can hang with any team because they only lost by 10 to tennessee which is i mean tennessee's been having a monster year But it's true, they can hang with any team. They just don't have their defined style of play. So they're just going to adapt to whatever pace the other team sets. So Mm -hmm. going into just final play, I think they just, they need to find their shots. They need to play, they need to move the ball they want to move it. They need to set the pace themselves if they want to be successful. They just need to find their definition. Well, the Gators at 14-13 will play their last home game 
Thursday against the Crimson Tide. That game will be at the Stephen O'Connell Center at 6 p.m. and also Senior Day for all the seniors. The last game at home for the regular season for the Gators. Heather, thank you again for joining in today. Always a pleasure. The Gators baseball team opening day series against Charleston Southern February 17th through the 19th resulted in the UF going 3-0 to start the season. And in the weekend, they outscored the Buccaneers 37-5 in runs. With me today talking about some Gator baseball and their dominant showcase, Ethan Ive, the beat reporter for the Alligator for Baseball. How's it going? Doing very well, Brandon. Thank you for having me. So you got to tell me, Ethan, because this was a dominant series for the Florida Gators to start off this season. We talk about two games that only lasted about to seven innings. The last one lasted the nine innings, but still, shutout. 8-0 victory they had this Sunday. Just tell us about the weekend they've had. Well, it was an incredible weekend to start. They got a little bit over 18,000 fans all told in Condren Ballpark, so mm -hmm. great to see uh, all the Florida faithful get back out there. Um, yeah, it was a pretty great series. Um, Charleston Southern in the Big South, they're not a very good team overall, and they were very sloppy defensively, but that does nothing to take away from how good the Gators were. We saw the big three of their rotation. Mm. We saw Brandon Sprout on Friday. He, uh, he went six innings. Uh, Hurston Waldrop making his Gators debut. The Southern Mississippi transfer went five on Saturday. And they both looked very good. Hurston is a top ten potential draft pick this, uh, this upcoming summer. And Sprout coming back after being selected 90th overall by the New York Mets. That's a big addition right. to really solidify that rotation. And then the Sunday game, as we record this today, yeah. uh, Jack Caglione. That is the name you need to know. He's, the, <laughs> he's probably the biggest X factor for me in this 2023 Gators season. A guy who had Tommy John surgery his senior year of high school. He played his freshman year exclusively at designated hitter. Mm -hmm. Played the last 27 games, hit seven bombs. But this year, that arm is finally healed. The guy is slinging the rock 100 miles an hour at times from the left side. He, he topped out at 99 today, sat consistently around 97, also features a changeup, a cutter, and a curveball. So you have all of those options in addition to that. Yeah. It's going to lead to some really deceptive stuff. And Caglione went the furthest that Eddie Starter did this weekend, six and two-thirds innings, and it was just incredible. A shutout performance, and the Condren Ballpark crowd really played up to him when he left. There was a standing ovation. No, yeah, and especially this weekend because not only were baseball going on, but they also had softball on the other side of that road. I mean, both of the venues were just about sold out. I mean, the crowd that came to the ballpark, though, it was feeding off of this team, and especially defensively. They're, they're, now, the Gators' defense, as I mentioned before, they only allowed five runs throughout this entire way. Defensively, what have you seen from this Gators team? Because I know you just talked about the pitching, but what about the outfield? What about? I mean, what do you think about this team defensively starting off? Well, it was a very solid series defensively. They didn't commit any errors, mm -hmm. uh, Florida. And the last few years, they've really taken some significant strides in shoring up that defense. They, commit, they committed 70 errors in 2021. Cut that down to 45 last year. Yeah. And for Sunday's game specifically, the defense really stood out to me. We saw a lot of great range from Josh Rivera at shortstop. Colby Halter transitioning back to third base after playing second last year. Made a couple of great plays on some bunt attempts from Charleston Southern. Mm -hmm. uh, Derek Fabian made some good plays. Uh, he, he was a guy who was at third base a lot last year. Um, They're going to move him around quite a bit. We saw him play second and first base. The last out of Sunday's game was a line drive. Uh, right at him. He had to have quick reactions. Snatched wow. that one out of thin air. Uh, B.T. Rypel, uh, the main catcher for the Gators, caught, caught a couple of runners stealing, so he's got the gun back there. 
um, in the outfield. I saw some good stuff from Michael Robertson, who's a guy who redshirted his freshman year um, and now finally getting an opportunity to show why he's at Florida, batting in the leadoff spot, made some good plays in the outfield as well and hit the ball pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, we talk about a lot about, you know, these returners though. I mean, Sprout had an option to go play MLB. He ends up coming back for the Gators with one more year of eligibility. I mean, Ryan Pell, though, the first time at bat, take me back to that moment for him. Right. Well, BT Ryan a guy who could have declared for the draft after last year, but he stated that he doesn't want to pursue pro ball. Right. He's going to go for his career after this season's over, and he was the Southeastern Conference's best catcher last year at 15 mm-hmm. bombs. But you mentioned that first pitch home run that he hit. That yeah. was in the bottom of the first inning <laughs> of Friday's season opener. The first pitch he saw from the righty Zach Robinson of Charleston Southern. He crushed that thing over the right center field wall, a three-run shot. Wow. And, yeah, that, that set the ballpark into a frenzy and uh, gave the Gators a lead they wouldn't hand back. Well, there's a lot of home cooking right now for the Gators in their future. Their next, let's see here, the next five games for them will be played at the Conjuring Ballpark. Their next game will actually be on the road in Tampa, Florida against the South Florida Bulls on Tuesday, and then their first game back home will be Wednesday, February the 22nd. Ethan, thank you again for joining in today, and thank you for your reporting. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. The Florida's men's basketball team has now lost four of their last five games, all against SEC play. Florida graduate student guard Colin Castro has broke his hand on Wednesday's night victory against Ole Miss at home. With us right now is Jackson Reyes, who shares the basketball beat with me, uh, Jackson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, as I mentioned before, when we introduced this segment, the Gators have lost the last four out of five games against Kentucky on the road, against number three, which is now number one in the nation, Alabama, on the road. A loss in against Vanderbilt at home, which a lot of people had expected the Gators to win. Even Todd Golden afterwards saying that that was one that he thought that they should have won. And then they did end up winning against Ole Miss. But Colin Castleton gets his hand injured in that one. Presumably, he's going to be out for the season. And that's going to be followed by a loss in lopsided fashion against Arkansas on the road. Jackson, from this team we've seen late, what right now are the chances that they have to even get to the NCAA tournament? Because they're on the bubble, according to a lot of ESPN, you know, trajectories about, you know, brackets and all that stuff. But right now, I mean, these last five games, this got to be the season. Yeah, I mean, after that loss to Castleton, I'd say their chances of making the NCAA tournament are, are almost eliminated, especially after that loss against Arkansas. Um, you know, even against Arkansas, it wasn't even a close loss. They lost by 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a loss you can have on your resume. Um, the team dropped to 14 and 13, just one game above 500. They were already on the wrong side of the bubble, and I think this uh, just sends them in the wrong direction even further. And it's really not even thinking about the NCAA tournament, just thinking about possibly making the NIT uh, is going to be a battle going down. You still have four games left in the season, or excuse me, they still have, yeah, they still have four games left in the season, and it's going to be a battle in each and every one of those games. You know, they have Kentucky Wednesday, uh, they have to go, go to Vanderbilt, a team that just beat them, and then they'll close up the season with Georgia and LSU. You know, it's really going to be a battle just to stay above 500 going down the stretch. And speaking of battles, I mean, every single game feels like that. And this was a Gator team that had been starved off the season that was struggling to really get down offensively to start off games. 
but they've been able to do it and then kind of flip the script and not been able to finish games. I mean, for example, we look at the most recent one against Arkansas. Beginning of the game, they're really close right there, back and forth possessions. And then midway through the second half, they just kind of just went under pressure. I mean, they just looked gassed. Jason Jatobo just looked kind of exhausted. Then also had mixed with uh, Alex Shimchik, who was getting, actually, funny enough, probably the most minutes he's had so far this season, probably the best performance we've seen out of him. And unfortunately, it came out for him, at least in the Gator fan base, from a 19-point loss on the road against a team that probably you have to win right now after the loss. They are now tied with Arkansas 7-7 seven and seven against SEC opponents. But Jackson, from what we're seeing from this Arkansas game, as I mentioned before, Chimchek as well as Jason Chitobo getting minutes, as well as Alex Fudge getting pieced in there. What does this roster have to look like without Castleton? Are we going to see more Jason Jatobo? I know that Todd Golden did say to the media the Friday prior of that Saturday game that Jason Jatobo will get a lot of minutes just because he was in a similar situation last year when Castleton had that shoulder injury. But is Alex Fudge, would he possibly push more minutes now? Yeah, I could definitely see Alex Fudge get there. I'm interested to see also where, where C.J. Felder's at. You know, just sort of uh, fitness-wise, mm-hmm. you know, you saw him only play three minutes against Arkansas. Uh, still hasn't really seen that much action since returning to the squad. Uh, and it's interesting the team the, the changes Todd Golden might make because you know he said in that media availability, you know, we're not going to try and reinvent the wheel in 48 hours. From that time he got injured, Castleton got injured that Wednesday right. to that game against Arkansas on Saturday, and so. Now that they've got a little bit more time to prepare, we'll see how they try and match up against uh, Oscar Shibway on Kentucky Wednesday. Because, I mean, they threw Jason Jatobo out there. They drew, threw out uh, Shimshek, as you said. Uh, and those two primarily played most of the minutes at the five spot. Uh, Jatobo getting 24, Shimshek getting 20. And they just got ran over in the paint. Um, Florida got outscored in that game. I think it was uh, 52 to 36 and points in the paint and mm-hmm. giving up 52 points uh inside is just you know it's, it's, a, it's a recipe for disaster uh especially in that game they only surrendered two made three-pointers right from the Razorbacks and you look at that figure and you think oh you have a good chance to win but you know they just got torched inside oh absolutely and also defensively though I mean Arkansas playing full court press the majority of the time if not every single second in this game I mean, they were just playing full throttle against the Gators defensively, and that's forced them to kind of like kind of adjust to this perimeter shooting they were seeing. They were forced, and they weren't able to convert really any good attempts uh, beyond the arc. They were four and twenty-one in that game against Arkansas, and for the Gators themselves, despite having a tough day on the road, Riley Kuhl still continues to put up career just about the best numbers laid this year that any Gator I've seen so far. Uh, in this game, he ended up finishing off with 17 points, leading the team in scoring, as well as going 6-7 and seven from the free throw line, 5-12 and 12 overall from the floor, all with 30 minutes, only the second Gator to have the most minutes besides, of course, Kyle Lofton, who is just about the million-dollar man for the Gators, always on the floor, averaging at least close to 35 minutes a game. But for this Gators team now, uh, where, I mean, where does the offense go to? Is there going to be a player like Riley Kugel that's going to have to lift this team up? Or will we see something of Will Richard or some sort of duo coming up? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kugel has been the guy. Uh, he was the guy against Arkansas in these past couple of games. Mm-hmm. You know, as you mentioned in one of your stories, yeah. uh, he's had a recent stretch where he's just gotten career high after career high in points. So I think, you know, him being a pretty talented freshman guard, going to look to him to try and be that, that scorer. Uh, but, you know, he was one for six from three against Arkansas. You'd like to see a little bit better from him production-wise beyond the arc. Uh, looking at Will Richard, he's a guy who I think Florida definitely needs to rely more on. You know, he was the, the second, he is the second leading scorer on the team behind Castleton. He's the only other player on the team who's currently averaging double figures. I believe he's averaging around 10 points per game. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a guy, he only took five shots on Saturday, who Florida's just going to need to rely on more. I, I think, you know, while a lot of his shots come from beyond the arc, I think he's a guy who is able to attack the basket, similar to a Kugel, similar to a Lofton. And I think he's just going to have to step up in a big way offensively. And I almost wonder if, you know, when Alex Fudge got injured, they, they've been using Will Richard in that sort of small ball four position right. ever since they've been running this pretty guard-heavy lineup. And I almost wonder if, you know, him playing against such bigger competition, having to guard these bigger fours, because, you know, the SEC is just filled with, you know, big athletic players, if that's almost making him having to expend more on defense, which kind of uh, takes away from his offensive side or at least his aggressiveness because I would like to see him try and get more shot attempts up uh, because I think he's such a vital piece to this Florida offense oh absolutely Will Richard described specifically as not only a playmaker but a facilitator on the floor Uh, he actually had 25 minutes of play against Arkansas three and five overall from shooting four four from the free throw line had 10 points in that one and from this team that we're seeing from Florida we look at the stats statistically themselves. I mean, this is a team that we talk about their defense. They're from according to Ken Palm rankings, they've been a top fifteen team defensive rating the entire season from a looks of it. But when you look at their offense though, their offense brings up seventy one point six points per game currently, which is about a four point scoring margin compared to what they allow opponents of sixty seven point six per game. We haven't seen that recently from this team at all. And we don't know exactly as you mentioned before. These big forwards in the SEC, that's the majority of the SEC play. Like Liam Robbins, against in that game against they played against Vanderbilt, I, I, he didn't miss the first 10 minutes. He right. didn't miss yeah. the first 10 minutes, Jackson. I kid you not, that was probably one of the most, if I have to say this season, if not throughout the entire country, the most efficient shooting performance I've seen from a big in a long time. The Gators themselves, they've just been, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how they really describe it. They've just been unlucky. Actually, according to Ken Palm rankings, uh, out of the teams in the entire country, uh, according to the Ken Palm, the Gators actually right now are ranked in the Lug Spectrum. They're ranked 322nd. And this is out of the entire nation, 363 teams, 322nd. It's the unluckiest team, according to Ken Palm, in the SEC. And funny enough, their last matchup was against another unlucky team. Arkansas was actually 307 in that same poll. And they lost by 19. So for the Gators themselves, they continue this unlucky trend with Cassidy now out, most likely for the season, possibly for the SEC tournament, and losing the last four out of five games. Jackson, thank you again for joining in today. Of and of course, I always thank you for your reporting. Thank you for having me. Always a joy to be on. In other news surrounding the University of Florida sports, the women's golf team of the Tyrese Hessian Regional Challenge plays 12 out of 16 teams. Annabelle Fuller finished with a team-best score of 213 points.
Both Gators men's and women's swimming and diving teams won the SEC championships and earned 30 gold medals and set 14 records in last week's competitions in College Station, Texas. This is the first time since 1993 that both men and women's have won the conference in the same season. Florida men's tennis went 1-2 and two in the ITA National Championships. You have started the competition on February 17th with a loss to number two in the nation, Kentucky, followed by a 4-2 loss against number 12 in the nation, North Carolina, February 18th. And the last day, February the 19th, was the Gators' only win going up against number 10 in the nation, Baylor. Florida won that one 4-2 in its ITA finale. Gators softball went 7-0 last week by defeating the Jacksonville Dolphins two games straight on Tuesdays and Wednesday and against the University of Connecticut, Bowling Green, Central Michigan, and Delaware State in the T-Mobile Tournament over the weekend. Five of those seven games were finished within five innings. UF Track and Field prepares for the Southeastern Conference Indoor Finals that will take place in Fayetteville, Arkansas, from February 24th to the 25th. Florida Lacrosse took its first loss of the season against the number one team in the nation, North Carolina Tar Heels, February the 18th, 12-5. Now with a 1-1 record, they will now host number six, Maryland, the third nationally ranked team that UF has played so far straight this season. They've only played three games to begin the season. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm Brian Hernandez, and this was the Alligator Sports Podcast.